<laughs> the, the normal. The normal, yeah. Oh, man. Have you sought them out? Did you watch, like, the TV specials or anything like that? I, I grew up listening to, like, rock radio, so I knew yeah. who Queen was. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. Right, right. Well, I mean, if you grew up with... Uh, I grew up with Wayne's World, and so I was there for the first resurgence when oh, yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody hit the charts again. Yeah. You know, I mean, it hit the Billboard 100 again, and so that's when I discovered Queen. I'm not embarrassed to say now. Obviously, I wasn't alive in 1970-whatever, so yeah, absolutely. I wasn't around the first time around. <laughs> Sorry, Queen hipsters, but when Wayne's World came out, I was like, oh my gosh, Bohemian Rhapsody is like the coolest song in the world, and then you you know, eventually hear a few other things, but for the longest yeah. time, We Will Rock You, if you go to sporting events as uh-huh. a kid, it, it's that's a it. Yeah, and then Bohemian Rhapsody, and We Are the Champions to an extent. Yeah. So those are the big three, and then I didn't discover, and those are like, I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody aside, We Will Rock You and We Are the Champions are two of my least favorite Queen songs. Oh, really? I still love Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't know how you feel about it. The the movie or the song? The song. I, I mean, yeah, I still like it, yeah. but I'm just, I, I'm just ready to not hear anything from Queen for a, a good couple yeah. of months <laughs> if there was a radio station that just played under pressure on repeat i would li- it would be my number one button uh, because that song i can listen to oh, as many God. times as you want any time of day or night <laughs> wayne told it was such a great intro into that band and then you discover yeah. all the better songs i'm not even saying it's their best song i'm saying i still like it it's not one of my least favorite songs like the other two i mentioned but you're like it opens a door and you're like wow this is a great band yeah but i'm not i'm not done with them just because they've been at a solid i've plateaued and it hasn't <laughs> gone up or down even with the movie you know oh, okay yeah yeah see i definitely think like hearing them has gone up yeah like frequency of me hearing them has yeah. definitely gone up since the movie came out yeah and the fact that, that sticks out to you i think says something about yeah the actual frequency of the of the group so Welcome to Hugging No Learning. It's a show about one thing. <laughs> Queen. Yeah. And that's it. Watching Seinfeld for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. Today we're going to be talking about the visa. Uh, but before we get to that... Yeah, did we have any we homework? Had t- I, I did tons of homework. Okay. I did tons of homework. And and I have some news okay. for crying out loud. Because it was, as you know, the 30th anniversary yeah. of Seinfeld. Absolutely. And everybody was celebrating. Uh, except us. We celebrated on the 29th anniversary, which makes <laughs> us like, I don't know, kind of hipsters, I think. I guess. You know, I mean, it almost makes us better we, than the we, Average. We were celebrating the 30th anniversary before it was cool. Exactly. And now we're <laughs> now we're done with it. The 30th anniversary is over. You know, it was over last year to us. Uh, but so before we get to the news part, though, wanted to re- fill in a blank that we had last episode. Elaine and George went to see Ponce de Leon in The Dog. So they went together. Remember, okay, they yeah. had the weird interaction where the only thing they really had in common was talking about Jerry and stuff That's like right. that. Yeah. Uh, they went to see Ponce de Leon in The Dog. Instead of prognosis negative, because Jerry had to watch Farfall, and they were all going to go see prognosis negative together. And somehow he ended up seeing it without them anyway, and, it, and prognosis negative really sucked. Do you remember that? I don't remember how that happened, but uh, uh, yeah, it I don't might know. bear another watching of The Dog or something. I was pretty sure <laughs> oh. it was that same movie. Uh, you didn't like The Dog? I, I didn't <laughs> like The Dog. No. <laughs> um, there were a bunch of movies in the episode, the movie from last week, that I was like, I don't know if that's a real movie or not. There was stuff like... A Few Good Men, Malcolm mm-hmm. X, obviously real movies. Uh, one was Year of the Comet. Do you think that's a real movie or, or not? That was a movie uh, poster. It was one of the no, first ones we saw. No, that's fake. That's a real movie. Is it really? It's a 1992 romantic comedy adventure directed by Peter Yates, who also did one of my favorite movies ever, Breaking Away. Have you ever seen it? No. Dennis Quaid's first movie, Daniel Stern's first movie. A very early movie, because he was a child actor, of Jackie... Who's the guy that played Rorschach and Rorschach in The Watchmen and the rebooted oh. Freddy Krueger? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, he's yeah. in that too, and it's a brilliant know. motion picture. I love it. But this 
movie, Year of the Comet, has Tim Daly, who went on to be on the show Wings. Do you know it? I, I, I know the show Wings. Yeah, kind I, of. I, loved, I loved that show <laughs> for some reason growing up. Penelope Ann Miller and Louis Jordan. The plot concerns the pursuit of the most valuable bottle of wine in history. Ooh. The title refers to the year it was bottled, 1811, known for the Great Comet of 1811. Uh, interesting they named it like that. Oh, they probably knew that it was going to uh, And also, one of the best years in history for European wine. The movie flopped. It cost $18 million to make and only made $2.5 million at oh, the box office. Ah. And it currently has a 0% Rotten Tomato score. Oh, my God. Based on eight reviews with an average rating of 27 out of ten, so essentially a zero. Yeah. All right. What about final analysis? Um, that's going to be real. If I was going to guess, I would have guessed this sounds exactly like the kind of fake title that Seinfeld would make up. But this like is real. Prognosis negative. Yeah. Final analysis is real. Yes. It's a 1992 American neo noir thriller film directed by Phil jo- Wait, Jono. Wait. Ne- neo neo noir. Yeah. N- okay. Neo noir. Okay. Well, what did I say? No. I, oh. I, okay. I, <laughs> I was like. I, I, I just couldn't like picture. I, I couldn't like imagine like what you were saying. I'm like, wait, neo. Yeah, I thought you neo, said neo North thriller. Neo Noir. I was worried. Neo, I said like neo Noir, neo Noir, or something like. I was worried <laughs> I pronounced Noir wrong. Uh, it's got Richard Gere, Kim Basinger, Uma Thurman, Eric Roberts, and Keith David. Critics call it Hitchcockian, uh, saying it's, okay. it's very much like that. And get this, it won big at the MTV Movie Awards. Kim Basinger. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, she was nominated for Most Desirable Female Ooh. at the 1992 MTV wow, Movie Awards. Wow, that's such a 90s award. <laughs> well, guess who won it? Oh. Linda Hamilton for Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Oh, which, by the Lord. way, will come into play in this episode we're going to be talking about soon. But uh, final analysis, for as much as the critics loved it, it it was nominated for a bunch of Golden Raspberries, too. Worst actress for Kim Basinger. She lost to Melanie Griffith. For Shining Through and A Stranger Among Us, worst picture and worst screenplay. <laughs> it lost worst picture to Shining Through, which I don't remember at all, and it lost worst screenplay to the, I believe, Sylvester Stallone classic, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. And what about I, Picari? Another big movie poster that's seen. I, Picari. That's fake. It's real. Oh, internationally, internationally released as The Rogues, a 1987 Italian comedy film. Featuring the adventures of two derelicts who are prisoners on a battleship. Then they mutiny. They become officers. They leave the boat, drift around Spain, just trying to find something to eat. And a prostitute could set their life. I don't know what that means, but it's... Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, the uh, the only... Uh, so those are all the movies that we didn't know whether they were real or not. You did pretty well. You got one, at least. I got one uh, out of three. Yeah, one out of three. Um, the ticket-taking usher actor is a guy named Perry... Anzalotti, and I knew he looked familiar. He's just one of those character actors that Seinfeld is famous for putting in his show as well that just wouldn't stop working in the 90s. He's best known for his commercial work as the Cookie Man in TV commercials I remember from growing up, Snackwell's Cookies, which Snackwell's are not around anymore. They came in a green box, and they Hmm. were fat. Or they were fat-free or low-fat versions of popular cookies. So you know you could <laughs> okay. eat a ton of these chocolate chip cookies, and they were and you could snack well. Yeah, snack well. And he played oh. the Cookie Man in them. And I think I remember like he was being put out of business by Snackwells because everyone likes Snackwells better than cookies that had fat in them or something. I don't know. I do remember <laughs> Snackwells tasted fine for being a fat-free food. I yeah. do remember buying into that. Other television appearances include guest parts on Curb Your Enthusiasm, Larry David, co-creator of Seinfeld, ABC TV's Step by Step. NCIS, ER, Empty Nest, Caroline in the City, Mad About You, Seinfeld, of course, Blossom, 
Oh, my God. How about that? Another great Seinfeld connection, because it's been mentioned a couple times. <laughs> Bean, he was in the movie Bean, the Mr. Bean movie. Did you ever see that? Uh, I, don't, I, I don't think so, no. He was in one of my favorite shows, Pushing Daisies. He, he's never stopped working, like I said. He Jeez. has been on Brooklyn Nine-Nine recently. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he's also, after his acting career sort of slowed down, although I'd said you know he, he was just in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, he is now in the edible cannabis business. Really? Yes. So check out who's he playing in that? Uh, that's yeah, funny. Yeah, <laughs> and then you didn't laugh as well as I was like, well, now I don't know what to think. <laughs> You're supposed to laugh at your own jokes. Don't, have you learned anything from me, Ted? <laughs> um, thank, thank you for the the real pity laugh. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I that was an actual that was a that was a real pity <laughs> laugh. You're right. It was a real. It wasn't a fake pity laugh. It was a real pity laugh. Um, but yeah, so try Perry Anzalotti's. Edible Cannabis, uh, just go to PerryAngelottiEdibleCannabis.com. Not a sponsor. And put in No Hugging, No Learning, and you'll get one. You'll get 12 free pot gummy bears or no, something. No, you won't. No, you won't. You won't get that at all. It's not a real website. That's all I got. Oh, wait. Oh, do you want the news now? Do you want to do the news? Yeah, let's go for the news. Uh, do you want to visit Newman's newsstand? I don't know. We don't have a um, It was the 30th anniversary of Seinfeld. Hulu has added a yada, yada, yada button. Yeah. I, not on my app. Is it, on, it must no, be on your... it's only on Apple TV. Oh, okay. Which I is was, so weird. Yeah, I was looking for it on my... I have the Samsung app, and I was like, eh, I don't know. I guess it's bullshit. But no, okay, now you've it, been able yeah. to fill in the blank. It, it's literally only on Apple TV. And it shuffles Seinfeld episodes, so it puts on a random Seinfeld yeah. episode, I guess. Yeah. yeah that's that's very cool. So uh, that's an honor of that. Um, I meant to print this out, but... Um, it, in honor of the 30th anniversary of Seinfeld, someone put together a list of 30 interesting facts about Seinfeld, including this one. Jerry turned down $110 million to do a 10th season. Ooh. $110 Ooh. million dollars for just the man himself. Um, and Jerry Jeez. threw out the first pitch at a Mets game. It was Mets night uh, at the Friday uh, of that final of that 30th anniversary at City Field. He put on a Mets jersey. He tossed a sidearm strike. It, supposedly his pitch was really good. He like nailed his hmm. pitch from the mound. From the mound, a lot of stars like to go oh, halfway. Wow, but yeah, yeah uh, to kick off the uh, the Mets lost to the Phillies. But Seinfeld said it was the greatest moment of my life. He then he joined the announcers in the booth. The first 25,000 fans at the ballpark got a Seinfeld bobblehead that looked nothing like him. Oh, man. Oh, my, that's great. He couldn't get further from what Jerry Seinfeld that's actually great. looks like. Uh, and I feel like he's an easy... He's got caricaturizable features. Yeah. The nose, the teeth, the eyes, the hair. It's almost like Jerry was created to be a bobblehead. He looks like a character, exactly. Yeah, he's got a big head. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, so I don't know how they messed that up. but uh, and, and he was also reunited with longtime Met star and now television analyst Keith Hernandez, who had yes. a recurring role on oh Seinfeld uh, last season, uh, the season we're talking about, season three. And Larry Thomas, who played the Soup Nazi on the show, was an official greeter on the concourse there for Seinfeld Night. So it sounded like a complete black. Last. And there's been like little Seinfeld trivia booths and stuff, little Seinfeld pop-ups in like yeah. New York and L.A. and and big cities like that um, celebrating the show. So uh, it, it seemed like a lot of people were enjoying the 30th anniversary. But like I said, we're done. We're done with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. All right. Uh, if you uh, if you've never listened to us before, we are not a research heavy show. Uh, I'm watching these episodes for the first time ever. Tim's watching these episodes for the first time after being a fan for years. I, I discovered, I went back and listened to like uh, a couple of the back episodes. Yeah. And I realized that I'm saying, like, uh, that I had been saying that he's been a lifelong fan for years. 
And that's just like how I've been saying it. Oh, 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 you haven't mentioned that I'm watching these for the first time what? in chronological order? Well, no, I, oh. I, I've been saying that, but just the phrase, a after, after being fan. a lifelong fan for years, yeah, yeah. is very redundant. As opposed yeah. to like, if a baby's been a fan, like, he's been a lifelong fan for six months. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I could just say, yeah. I could say either he's been a, he's, he's been, been a fan. he's never watched the episodes in chronological order, despite being a lifelong fan, or... He's been a fan for years. Yeah, exactly. But I don't I get, need to say exactly both of them. I've, I've been around gotten, longer than one year. Yes, but I've gotten into the pattern of saying yeah. a lifelong fan for years. <laughs> yeah, I'm older than a year. I like it now. I think you should keep it. A lifelong fan for years? A lifelong fan for years. Now right. it should be a thing now that you pointed it out. I like it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm watching these episodes for the first time. Tim's watching these episodes for the first time in chronological order after being a lifelong fan for years. Uh, if we miss something, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email, send us a tweet, nohuggingnolearningshow at gmail.com or at nohuggingnolearningshow. If you listen to the full thing and you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts, and we will send you a No Hugging, No Learning sticker like Lone Scout did. He called us binge-worthy, said that we are really that he is really enjoying the show despite the fact that I found out that both hosts dislike guacamole. Oh, wow. Yeah. He also said that travesty is offset by the thoughtful perspectives, humor, and engaging banter provided on this show. And CH1088 said, solid podcast, used to sign cast, but I enjoyed listening to the perspective of a first-time watcher. I also enjoyed listening... Uh, I also enjoyed learning what Normcore and MacGuffin meant. Keep up the good work with a <laughs> hang-loose emoji. Oh, nice. Also, I don't know if used to sign cast is... I am used to signcast yeah. like their show, or used to signcast as though used it's a, it verb. a verb. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm guessing know. I'm used. I'd like it to be a verb, though. Yeah, I used to signcast, <laughs> but now I do the. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's probably I'm used to, or I was used to signcast. I or guess. Like that. Yeah, used to signcast. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thanks for enjoying us as well. And in fact, I noticed we got followed on Twitter by yet another Seinfeld podcast. I saw. So we might that. as well give a shout out to. But I don't want to be a secondary character. Uh, which explores, I think, episode by episode, like us, the just secondary yeah. characters, or, or which is incredible. Focus on one, I, I haven't listened to an episode yet, but I think they focus on just one secondary, like their first episode, which they just did a re-release of. Because you know, as you get podcasting, you you know, you listen to those first episodes, like we were perfect right away. Not everybody's like, that. <laughs> <laughs> not everybody's like that. Um, yes, so, you like know. that first <laughs> teaser that we released that I, I that I tried to make like uh, super audio drama e. I think I thought that was good. I, th- I think our <laughs> teaser episode's pretty a pretty good, uh, pretty good episode. Yeah. So uh, you know, they went back and they revisited, for instance, the soup Nazi. So I think they might have just done one about the soup Nazi. I don't know how it works, but I'm interested. Okay. To, I'm interested to find out and listen to another Seinfeld podcast. So thanks for the follow, Brit. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you listen to any episodes and like, there's one that you think I yeah. w- would enjoy. Right, right, right. L- let me know because I don't want to listen to anything about secondary characters that I haven't met exactly. yet. Exactly. You know? Yes. You know. All right. <laughs> All that being said, let's get into season four, episode fourteen, the visa. Original air date, January 27th, 1993. I was one month and seven days old. And if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you're going to see a deportee, played by Brian George, blames helpful Jerry, semicolon, Kramer returns from baseball fantasy camp. Yes. And right off the bat, let me just say I loved this episode. I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, The visa starts with a stand-up bit, as they all do. And Jerry asks the question, what are lawyers? Uh, and he says they're kind of the only people who know the rules of the game of life. They're the they're the only people who read 
the rules on top of the box, which is an imagery that I liked because I was a big board game fan as a kid, and that's where the rules used to be written. They didn't used to come with like a little pamphlet. I mean, maybe they did, but sometimes they just write a little quick version on the top of the box. Oh yeah, you flip the top of the box over, and then you could you could read on the inside. Just there. like on the inside of the box. Yeah, or, yeah, okay, yeah, like literally, that's where the rules would be written. Yeah, uh, you know, on the other side of the <laughs> title card, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, so yeah, on the inside of the box. So they're the only people that have read actually read the rules, which is true. This is this actually came up. Earlier today on the radio show that I do, I was talking about, um, you know, how I we were talking. I just went to the eye doctor, and uh, my partner Jessica was like, "Oh, do you have astigmatism?" I think someone said I have astigmatism, and I was like, "I don't." I was like, "No one's mentioned that." I don't. Do you know what that is? And she said, "No." And I was like, "Isn't that the crazy thing about our bodies? We should know everything about them and and how to fix them and what's wrong and stuff like that." But it's doctors who they're the only ones that can tell you this but yeah it's my body it reminds me of like mechanics like you know my body <laughs> and my car are the two things i spend the most time in and yet if my car breaks down i have to take somebody and spend spend a lot of money just like my body telling me what's wrong with it when in reality it would behoove me to know every inch of the car and study it like yeah. they do and know just like my body and i'm like so really doctors <laughs> mechanic car mechanics and lawyers are the only ones like also i spend most of my time when i'm not in my body in my car in the united states of america i should know the rules all of, of the, the United laws. States. Yeah, all of the laws of my state and my city and my township and my and the country. Oh god. And we really all should, but we don't. And we have to hire somebody to tell us if we did something wrong and how we get out of it. And isn't that just a weird thing? You yeah. know, it just shows how convoluted life is and when you start thinking about it. And then the other thing is uh, I guess bankers. So you could say those four people, doctors, lawyers, bankers, and car mechanics, they really run the world because money is the other thing you should understand that Got yeah. me. I don't know. I when I want something, I buy it. But if I don't, have, where do I get more money? You know, and yeah. and and some people are very smart. About, some people are very smart about it. Who aren't even bankers? And they're like, oh yeah, I put this in this kind of account, and and it gives me this yield, and then I move that over to this, and I'm Ugh. like, I'm never gonna retire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna work until I'm yeah, dead. I'm gonna work until I'm dead. It'd be great to have that kind of job security. <laughs> you were gonna, we should all be so lucky to work until we die. But no, there are some people who actually are able to stop working at some point because they understand money. But that's something. I don't understand. Nope. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, I, this is where after this part, I, I sort of lose uh, the thing because he's like, uh, I do agree with him that like yelling objection has got to feel really cool. Objection. Yeah. You he, know. he says objection is the adult version of afraid not. Yeah. And yeah. Did you catch like the huge round of applause? He yes. Got for this? Yeah. And this it was very cringy because I, I think you could think of a better objection. I, I thought I, I thought he was going to say no. I thought that would be even a better way than like "frayed not." Who says "frayed not"? Afraid not. M- maybe someone in '93 did. Yeah, exactly. Was afraid. I feel like it's something people in 1950. But then again, Jerry, we know yeah, his pop true. culture stops it. But I even thought "nuh uh" would be even more on brand for '93 because that's something you know. Uh, you know, I feel like very '80s and '90s. Nuh uh. Yeah, but yeah, like, it wasn't even just like a. a- like a laugh break. It was an entire it was, applause It was break. applause, yeah. <laughs> um, but I do agree that uh, that uh, that would be very... It's very cool to be able to yell something like that as part of your job. Objection! And uh, But then he's like, the judge at this point can do one of two things, say... I forget what she says first. Either overruled, which is the adult version of Fred So, or sustained, which is the adult version of Duh... Which is a very, that, he, that was the most 90s thing that he has done in a long time was say duh like that. Duh. Oh, <laughs> yeah. God. But, but it was all very cringy to see a man in his late 30s say all of those things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so we open in Monk's Cafe. George is at the counter talking to a lawyer. 
She does immigration. She does a lot of stuff. She mentions a ton of different things. One of the things she mentions is also immigration and naturalization. Mm-hmm. And George says, oh, is that where you you know, teach immigrants how to act natural in the U.S. or something <laughs> like that? You bring them to the U.S. And she cracks up at it. Um, and she's like, oh, my gosh, are your friends as funny as you? And George is kind of taken aback because he's not the funny one in his group yeah. of friends. And I, I love I this. He's just like, no, I'm the funny one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he gets very, nope, nope, friends are not funny at all. I'm the funny one. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Uh, and so Jerry and Elaine, meanwhile, come in. She le- the, the lawyer leaves at the same time that Jerry and Elaine come into Monk's. And Elaine has Jerry's mail. He's trying to get it from her. Um, meanwhile... George is talking about you. Won't, you won't believe it. He explains to them, "I just met mm-hmm. this uh, lawyer. She's smart, and she thinks I'm funny." And then he realizes again what a predicament he's gotten himself into. He's like, "Now I got nowhere to go but down." <laughs> she thought I was so funny. Now I have nowhere. This is my problem with women. George says, "I start strong, and then I always have to be funny." And he's like, "And what is it with women? You know, then it becomes a women's fault now uh-huh. that it's George Absolutely. talking about it. Uh, uh-huh. You know, what is it with women? You know, you always have to be funny. You always have to put on a show because if your show's not good enough, they'll it, go to the next show. Yeah, they'll go. They'll leave. They'll walk out of your show and go to the next show because that's all George has. Because if there's another, if there's a good-looking guy with even a little better show than George's <laughs> show, then that's enough for him to lose a woman. She'll leave for a better-looking guy with more money. And Elaine." Doesn't say anything, but looks up and go, and kind of nods like, yeah. And George goes, "What? That's true." He was looking for like affirmation. They're yeah. like, "No, a sense of humor is the most important thing," which we all know is always number one on like the surveys of like, "What are you really looking for in a guy?" Number one is a sense of humor. I'm looking which, for a guy that I can laugh with. Yeah, which as yeah. we all know is bullshit. And it's great that a, a show in '93 was calling out like, "No, nah, we want a good-looking guy with money." You yeah. know, like the, yeah. Elaine is being honest about it, and George. Was expecting Elaine to say, "No, no, women love you for you, and you don't have to be funny." Like, what? That's true. She's like, "Yeah, women would leave you for, but if you're not being funny." Uh, so Jerry sees Babu working the counter at Monks and goes up to him, and uh, Jerry apparently got him a job at Monks, and he, he's living in Jerry's building. Yeah, he got him an apartment in the building, um, and and Babu bought like, "Thanks, Jerry." Oh, like, he, yeah, and like he has you're a great a, man. You're a great man. Yeah. Thank you so much. And Jerry just ah, uh, yeah, stop. Just shrugs it off. <laughs> How do we feel about, let me bring it up here, Babu Bot's accent? Because he is an ethnic actor, but I don't think he talks like that in real life. Um, so is that problematic at all? I still, And it gets even worse, I feel like, I, at the very end of, of the um, episode. I, I have seen Brian George in other roles. I have seen him in the uh, uh, cinematic masterpiece, Employee of the Month, featuring Dane oh, Cook. Oh, nice. And he was on a show last season on NBC called uh, I Feel Bad. Okay, and oh, I remember he, you telling me. Yeah, yeah, he played the dad. He does have a bit of an accent. This has come he does up before. have a bit of a dialect. It is not this exaggerated. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's nearly as problematic since he is uh, not white. Yeah. Doesn't it... And I'm getting... I know this is, even for me, very overly sensitive... But does it seem like a little minstrelly to go to an Indian guy? Hey, you can mean? you? Oh. Or Pakistani, I'm sorry. Or whatever. I don't know his actual nationality. I mean, he could, yeah. yeah, I don't know if he is. But to go and say, hey, can you? Can you ham it up a little yeah, bit? Yeah, can you Pakistani? We really want to hear that mm. stereotypical Pakistani. You know what I mean? Like, mm. is it uh, like Amos and Andy-ish going like, yeah. well, they are black guys playing black guys. <laughs> I'm just like, I it, don't. It doesn't feel good. Uh, especially but, at the end of the episode, I will say he goes, "I kill you." 
And I'm yeah, like, yeah, the, that's a little, yeah, that's a little very, much. It, it didn't, it didn't occur to me until the very end. But I wanted to bring it up here so that you know, just so we can have the discussion. And I'm like, but I agree with you. I'm like, is it problematic because he is that ethnicity to like, uh, as you say, ham it up? I think it's less problematic. <laughs> yes, uh, but it's it's still. Problematic. You can see my point that it, it is a little minstrelly. I, if. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's only problematic in the sense that someone is, in fact, telling him to, hey... Uh, if that was the case. If, if this is the case, if someone is telling him, hey, uh, do a, a thicker dialect, yeah. do a thicker yeah. accent than what you normally speak with, <laughs> yeah. that that's a little iffy. But then again, we don't know. Brian George might have made the choice to come in and go, I'm really going to Pakistani, I'm really going to lay on the accent pretty thick, I hope that's okay with everybody. Maybe he made the choice as an actor, we really don't know. Yeah, if it's a character choice that Brian George made, yeah. um, I, I, I guess... Then it, maybe it's not, yeah. It's fine. It's, maybe it's even less, even less problematic, yeah. but... Uh, if you're a Pakistani, please let us know how you feel about Brian George as an actor. I don't know. I don't know if we have any downloads in Pakistan. <laughs> believe it or we'll not, we'll have to look. We'll, we'll have, have to look. look. Uh, and so Jerry's going to go to an auto show. I'm guessing he has kind of like a corporate hosting gig kind of thing because it seems like he's know. working the auto show and he wants to know. But the, no, wait, no. I'm. You know what? He I loves think he's cars. Just going. He just loves cars. That's yeah. right. I forgot. He has posters of cars in his adult <laughs> male bedroom. So uh, he asked Elaine if she's going to go to the auto show with him. Would you please bring my mail when we go to the auto show? Yeah, uh, unlike, you know, all of the other times that Elaine is over in his apartment, yeah. she could just bring the mail with her there. Yeah, definitely. It well, sounds why, like you why, got, would you why would you bring it, it to sounds, the auto show? It sounds like you're team Jerry on this uh this dilemma that's going to arise from <laughs> from this episode. But so George asked why Kramer didn't get the mail and be, it's because Kramer went to a baseball fantasy camp and this is one of my favorite Seinfeld quotes of all time. George is like Kramer, can you imagine Kramer going to a fantasy camp? His life is a fantasy camp. Uh, <laughs> you, you do nothing, fall ass backwards into money, mooch food off your neighbors, have sex without dating. People should pay two thousand dollars to be him for a week or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's that, absolutely that, that was a good line, hilarious. Like a and I think that got a nice applause break from the audience. I think it got <laughs> like, yeah, that was a great encapsulation of Kramer. You know, his life is a fantasy camp. What is he going to fantasy camp for? Uh, so. George is going to dinner with this lawyer, and Jerry and Elaine are like, oh, we can all go to dinner together. Then you can come to the auto show if you want, or you don't have to, whatever. And cut to George's thought bubble, imagining in his head the lawyer, and Elaine for that matter, so everyone at the table but George dying yeah. at a story the, Jerry is telling. The only thing like Jerry is saying is, he never heard of Corduroy! <laughs> yeah. Never heard of Corduroy! He True ne- story! Never heard of Corduroy! True story! But, oh my and god. And the lawyer can't breathe, and I like the fact that Elaine was laughing too, and Jer- George has a piece of, like, he has pasta on his fork that he hasn't put in his mouth, and he's just staring at Jerry, and he's just saying, it's, uh, it's uh, very funny, yes, uh, very funny, because everyone else is just dying at this, and so George declines. So Elaine's like, all right, whatever. You want to go to Isabella's? And Jerry says, no, no Isabella's. It's too trendy. I don't want to go there. Uh, which, so- which he didn't say, like, why it was too trendy. Yeah. He just said, like, no, it's too trendy. Maybe like, the food okay. is, you know, Jerry doesn't seem like a guy who's adventurous when it comes to his food. Maybe That's it's true. when he hears tr- when it's trendy. A, it's going to be crowded. And B, there's not going to be a cheeseburger. You know, I have a feeling Jerry's the kind of guy yeah, that, like, goes anywhere. Goes, you guys got a cheeseburger on the menu? <laughs> I'll just take that. Cut to Isabella's. George is certain that Jerry and uh-huh. Elaine are not going to be yeah. there because Jerry and, hates it. And George is bombing with his jokes <laughs> with the lawyer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. He's trying to do, like, Jerry Seinfeld jokes, but <laughs> yeah. he's delivering them as George. Yeah, yeah. And he's just like, yeah, I always start the day with a piece of toast. Yeah. How about, how about a toast for toast, huh? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, George. She is giving him nice pity laughs, though. Oh, she's she's enjoying God. she's enjoying the show for now, but it, it doesn't bode well, especially when Jerry and Elaine walk in and see George <laughs> and the lawyer there, and Elaine talk Jerry into going to Isabella's after all. Uh, and so they're like, why, why don't we put the, and George is like, why don't we put these tables together, you know, and, and, uh, mm-hmm. Cheryl, oh, they're on the way to the auto show. Cheryl, we find out is the yeah. lawyer's name. They introduce themselves and they do, they talk about being on the way to the auto show and Jerry's like, oh, Elaine, do your spokesmodel bit. And she does a funny little thing and Cheryl loses it. She cracks up oh, yeah. at the, the, at Jerry and Jerry joins in at the end. So now she's cracking up at Jerry and Elaine in the spokesmodel bit. And George is like chuckling, but also I love these little shoves that he's giving to Jerry, <laughs> like trying to shove him out of the frame of the camera or the restaurant you know yeah. uh and so but then they end up putting two tables together which i agree with george it sucks putting two round tables together he's like no we, we can't do that they don't want us to and it's they're round they're both round so it makes an eight and it's not going to be but okay whatever so he loses <laughs> and then he starts panicking <laughs> elaine's like oh jerry tell him that uh, funny story that you were gonna tell and he's like no yeah george shuts it down yeah. immediately <laughs> no funny stories Somehow it comes up that Elaine is still being sued by Ping. Because she knew that Cheryl was a lawyer. And she was oh, just she asking her... legal advice. She, yeah, yeah, she yeah. was asking her for I'm legal sued, advice. Yeah. And I'm, be, I'm being way. sued by a delivery boy. <laughs> I, I, and, I was running to apologize to a virgin. It's how she starts it, which yeah. is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah and, and, and she explains the case. And, and Cheryl's like, wait, is he Chinese? And it turns out that Ping is her cousin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Cheryl is his lawyer. Cheryl Fong, uh, we find out now. And everybody has a great laugh at that. Um, everybody's cracking up. And uh, so Cheryl goes to make a call. George is, you know, is telling Jerry to tone it down. Do you have to be so funny all the time? How about you be a little less funny? And Elaine knows exactly what's up. And she blows George in, like, right away. You know, she, mm-hmm. like, tells on George. You know, he's like, what do you mean? Why do you want me to be... Funny. And Elaine's like, George thinks that blah, blah, blah. He's, he's already explained the concept, but Jerry went, because he like wasn't at the table at the time. That's he was right. still talking to Babu. And, and I love that he goes, Biff. <laughs> Biff is back. Anytime George is acting pathetic, he calls him Biff, which is hilarious. Um, and so, you know, uh, if a guy, Elaine says if a guy puts on a better show, she'll walk out of his show. And I loved this. This part g- gave me such a huge laugh in the many laughs in this episode where he's like, Jerry's like, all right, fine. I don't have to be funny. I don't care. You know, it's it's fine. Yeah. And Elaine says, you can't not not be funny. <laughs> and Jerry's like, what are you talking about? Am I being funny right now? A little and, bit. Yeah. <laughs> but what, I'm, like, being, I'm being funny? Yeah. What is funny? <laughs> Just his delivery. Yeah. And George is like, yeah, yeah, you're being funny a little bit. Yeah, I, lo- I love that. He, okay, am I be- oh, I can't not be funny. Am I being funny right now? And she kind of like... Yeah, a little. <laughs> like, yeah, this is a little funny. And he's and but George, I like the way he, he furiously declares. You know, George, am I being funny? It's funny. You know, he says it like <laughs> that's right. That's yeah, right. it's funny. <laughs> uh, so Cheryl returns from the table. Jerry has, has a somber. Oh my god, emo Jerry. Yeah, yeah, emo Jerry <laughs> is great. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> welcomes her back to the table with a somber hello and it was her aunt's birthday and then jerry goes off on this you know he didn't have to say anything but now he goes off on this soliloquy about birthdays and did like, you write any of it down about what I, you? the only thing i wrote down was that he said happy birthday no such yeah thing. what are birthdays except a reminder of a another year around the sun and we haven't done anything or yeah and then happy happy birthday <laughs> i feel no like no such thing i feel like this is something uh <laughs> that i would find on an existential tumblr account back yeah. in high school 
I think I got it a lot from people who listen to the podcast on Twitter, and uh, I think people might have even tweeted it at us because you mentioned my birthday from the at no hugging account, and I think someone even you know <laughs> uh, 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 sent a gift back like happy birthday, no such thing or something like that. He's like he didn't have to do any of that, but he goes into this like weird somber soliloquy. Um, so cut to the uh, apartment. Jerry finally gets his mail. And Cheryl, good news, convinced Ping to drop the case against yeah, uh, Elaine. Yeah, which is awesome. Uh, Kramer comes back in the middle of all this and doesn't even get to open the door. Jerry opens the door for him. But yet, when Kramer does just walk through the door, raucous applause still mm-hmm. from the audience. So just Kramer, he doesn't even have to do his typical physical comedy. He can just walk into the yeah. room and he's back. Yeah, and it's he just, hilarious. Just yeah, shows up. Just shows up and it's it, an applause. Yeah. But he's back early. He wasn't supposed to be back till Monday, and camp ended early because Kramer punched Mickey Mantle in the mouth. <laughs> uh, there was e, um, uh, Kramer was pitching, and he was pitching to Joe G- Pepitone, mm-hmm. <laughs> who I'm guessing is a real. I'm guessing these are all real players. I, I guess yeah. like all of these baseball names coming up, like in the next couple of minutes, just yeah. went over my head. I'm like, I don't know, like these <laughs> these yeah. these all stars of baseball. He peppers in these like very famous names, like Mickey Mantle. I recognize, like I'm sure you did too, right? Did you recognize Mickey oh, Mantle? I, I recognize yeah. the name Mickey Mantle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that one. The, is, that's like yeah, we, Babe Ruth, Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle. We, we've got one listener for sure who's going to be so upset that I don't know like. <laughs> The all stars of baseball and <laughs> from 1960. Exactly, and th- yeah. and that's Cat. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, who, yeah. The who's tweeted yeah, in before. Yeah, who, yeah, who's tweeted and actually, uh, I think she's writing us another review oh. for the show because she asked me like how to do it. Nice. Uh, and and I honestly had no idea, like yeah. because I don't have an iPhone, right, right. So I'm like, uh, <laughs> let, let me let me check and I'll get back to you. Uh, but yeah, she's a huge baseball fan. Yeah, she mentioned that she was going to go back and see statistically if there was any correlation between how the Mets or Yankees were doing. Yeah, at the that's time right. As to whether which hat popped up in those first early seasons, because now. By Jerry the way, Cat, did you do that? Yeah. Have, 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 have <laughs> you done on. that? If not, it's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, because in the, the Jerry now is a diehard Mets fan, obviously, but he went back and forth there for a while, Yeah, uh, depending on the, the show, and we couldn't figure out why. <laughs> but yeah, so he was he's pitching to Joe Pepitone, who's crowding the plate, and so Kramer zips one by him on the inside, and Pepitone keeps uh, hoarding the plate, and so he plunks him. Kramer had to plunk Joe Pepitone. The benches ended up clearing because Pepitone approaches the mound. And in the melee, someone grabs Kramer and was, he turns around without looking. Well, he said uh, Muscaron. Muscaron. Was that he's, his name? Yeah. He's like, he, someone, he, was, he was trying to pull. <laughs> Muscaron was trying to pull Kramer of his, off of Joe Pepitone. Yeah, yeah. And then someone yanks Kramer back. And he just uh, he turns around without tur- looking. Turns yeah. around without looking, just wails him, and it's Mickey Mantle. Yeah, and um, you know pe- people are yelling at Kramer. You know, you killed him or whatever. Uh, meanwhile, we hear from the hallway. Babu Bot is yelling from the hallway. Uh, Jerry leaves and comes back in, and it turns out immigration took Babu away because his visa expired. Yeah, he's he's yelling out the window, Babu, I will help you. I will help you. Uh, and then he, you know, comes back into the apartment and continues to look through his mail. And what do you know? Babu's visa renewal was mistakenly put in Jerry's mailbox. And Elaine hadn't given Jerry his mail for like a week at this point. And a great line to, to take us into commercial. Kramer saying, oh, doesn't he need that? <laughs> I, I, I wanted to point out, like, how, how long was Jerry gone? That yeah. Elaine needed to get his mail, and I, I mean, we learn once we come back from commercial that Elaine had it for a week. Yeah, but I feel like something like this 
wouldn't happen this quickly. Yeah, yeah. Especially back in 92 before the internet really turned everything yeah. around. Yeah. Like, they, like they'd send you it a month in advance. Exactly. They're not going to send you a visa renewal form yeah. like on Monday yeah. and expect it to be back to them. Not only back like in the mail, back to them by Friday. Yeah. And if it's not, they're coming to get you on the next Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. At the New York City immigration yes. office. Yeah. Where I'm <laughs> sure they've got nothing else yeah, going yeah. on. They just got they send out like one visa request yeah, uh, that's a it. year, that's maybe. It. Yeah, they got a lot of Yeah, you're you're exactly right. The timeline there, is there, a little fast here. There, there's there's no immigrant <laughs> immigrants li- living yeah. with visas in New York City. No. <laughs> I feel like this they, is they've got such easy jobs. <laughs> it is it is a pretty fast timeline, but I feel like I, I this is where I, I'll give the writers a pass just for poetic license. Like they had to speed things things up. It couldn't be you know a month here and a month there, and like oh the, my gosh, I was on the road for six months, and here's the true. Visa. <laughs> that's true, but also I think it would have made the bit funnier if Jerry had been back for like three weeks for already, a little bit longer. Yeah, and Elaine like got his mail for a week. But she had still had it uh, for like the last month. You're right. You're right. I think that, that I think timeline, that would have really helped yeah. a bit. Yeah, if in the middle of the show we had about a month or two to work with, as opposed, to, so he was say all right, say well, not, he was not on even the, not say even, he was on the road for a week in July, and then the episode starts at like the like middle to end of August, and right? Because like we're not talking about Jerry's trip at all. We're just saying oh a yeah, week's the trip, worth of mail the from trip back happened. in July. Exactly. Yeah, like it doesn't have to like. The episode doesn't have to take place over the course of a month. It well, can, it can it can take place over the same amount of time, but Elaine just has his yeah, mail from a, a month week. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but in in the episode, I was trying to think of like, do they say anything explicitly where he's like, "Give me my mail from"? But yeah, they explicitly do say you've had it for a week or something like that. Yeah. So you've had a week's worth of mail from two weeks ago for one week. Or whatever. So yeah, you're yeah. right. The timelines, or, or something like that. The timeline is a little quick, unfortunately. But I'm going to give him poetic license just because okay. of the narrative, just for the narrative. Yeah, but I mean, it, it works for the episode. It would have worked either way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we we reopen in the apartment. Jerry blames Elaine for not getting his mail to him sooner. Uh, George comes in and blames Jerry for his date ending early last night uh, because they were so depressed. Cheryl yeah, just wanted to go home right afterwards. Yeah, Jerry just really bummed her out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, George includes himself. He's like, we were both so depressed. She wanted to go home right afterwards. <laughs> um, and Jerry. It says, you know, wants Cheryl to handle Babu's case because immigration is one of the things he said her firm does. Jerry says he won't be funny. And and George is like, all right, well, you got to keep up the, you know, whenever you talk to her, mm-hmm. you got to keep being not funny. <laughs> and he's like, how long do I keep this up? After consummation. Jesus. <laughs> is he talking about, like, just until they have sex or until they get married and have sex? I think just until they have sex. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But it's still a funny line from Jerry. I don't think you have enough material. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry's like, I'll do what I can, but I don't think you can last until after then. <laughs> and as we've seen with George, like, that's probably true. He's probably already out of material. Oh, um, oh you mean you don't think he has any more, like, real yeah. zingers, like a toast to toast? Yeah, I don't like toast. I like piece of toast. I like a piece of toast, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so at Monk's later, Cheryl is talking to Jerry about Babu's case, and Jerry is being, as promised, somber and and serious Jerry, which is intriguing Cheryl now. She's asking questions yeah. about why he's like this. You know, you're so you're so serious. And and Jerry says, you know, I I just know there's so much pain in the world. I don't think it's fair to be cheerful at anything. <laughs> like he's really 
<laughs> I mean, really playing it up in a, in a very Tumblr-esque way, like you were saying. Like any of these emo Jerry quotes could be great Tumblr. Oh yeah, fodder. Uh, have you have you seen the <laughs> Instagram account Existential Simpsons? No, I don't oh, think my. so. It's incredible, and I feel like emo Jerry should be Existential Seinfeld. Like yeah. I feel like this could definitely be its own like account. So somewhere. what is what is this? is it Simpsons quotes taken out of context or yes, okay. absolutely yeah. Um, but it's only like the existential like self loathing part of the quote and not the punchline exactly yeah yeah yeah. So with out of context like the punchline to us we know is that Jerry is playing this up as an act and uh-huh. so the audience is dying because it is hilarious for him to say stuff like. Uh, it just wouldn't be fair to be cheerful in a world like this or, or whatever. Um, so yeah, taking them out of context would be would be hilarious. And what kind of pictures are they posted on? Pictures of the Simpsons? Yeah, yeah, they're uh, actual screen caps. Uh, but like one is just Bart saying, "Well, I'm running a little short on courage right now." And th- that's it. That- that's the whole. That's the whole quote. And Bart is asking Homer, "How important is it to be popular?" Oh my gosh! And they're, they're, it's incredible. And Homer with uh, with uh, really tired eyes, I just want to crawl into bed. <laughs> It's just the existential part of the quote. It's incredible. You'd run out pretty quick of Jerry just from this episode, but there's got to be others that you could, you know, where you take out the little quip that comes after it and you just have the first part, you know. Um, Like, I feel like even with this one, George saying something about Kramer's life being being a fantasy camp, there's got to be something in there you can pull out, like, without it being funny, you know. (laughs) There's there's probably a, a, you know, if you want to... Start that. Go ahead and and reap the ad revenue from it. Um, but that would be that would be that does sound hilarious. Um, so Elaine comes in while Jerry is up paying the check. She's like, "Oh my gosh, I want to thank Cheryl for dropping the case." And they have a little back back and forth where you know Cheryl's like, "Oh well, you know, once I found out what great people you were, I convinced Ping to drop the mm-hmm. case." And and she's like, "Let me just say, uh, you know, you should be glad because you would have paid through the nose." And Elaine cracks up at it, thinking it's a joke, but Cheryl is deadly serious about it almost in a oh, scary yeah. way <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like oh you're you're kidding like no in a uh holding cell now bob where babu is being held in immigration by the way how i mean the more things change the more things stay the same could you you know i mean there's an immigration crisis going on right now involving holding cells oh, yeah. similar to this in america it's just if you're listening in you know, post-apocalyptic times, we had, you know... A- yes, if, if President Amazon is reigning yeah. supreme, <laughs> uh, back in the year 2019, yeah. uh, we are dealing with actual concentration camps yeah, in yeah. the United States. People being kept in cages, yes, m- similar to the one Babu is in right now, but just imagine it in the desert and no, not in a building, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like not, and, oh, and children not, not, not with their families. Yeah, and, and not in a police station in New York City. Yeah, it's yeah. in the middle of nowhere, I And guess. imagine two-year-olds with other parents, uh, yeah. their stunted development, not being able to talk or walk and simple things like that. Uh, yeah, just imagine that's going on. It, it was it was pretty horrendous, but we figured it out. I'm just assuming did now we? that... I'm assuming that we did. Oh, okay. And when they're listening. It's nice to know that we figured it out. I think we're all working for Amazon now. <laughs> The world is an Amazon warehouse, and we're all, we're all just living inside of it. Uh, so we, we ended up figuring it out. It was nice. To- again, again, this is just a message if you're listening to this in the future. Yes. If, it- you're, if you're listening to this when it comes out, yeah. 
I don't know. I don't yeah. know what's going on. Choose the uh, charity of your choice that will put an end to all this and, uh, and, and is offering support to those in need right now. Uh, but moving on, uh, Babu <laughs> expl- so Babu Bot is in there, and Jerry, he, he's still very excited to see Jerry, and Jerry explains that he got his renewal by accident, throws Elaine under the bus immediately, saying, uh, you know, oh, she, was, she didn't give me my mail. She could have given it to me anytime. And Elaine, meanwhile, is like, oh, well, uh, you know, Jerry could have come over to my apartment anytime and gotten it. Uh, and this is where Babu... Babu yells, "I kill you!" Uh, when he finds out that I, oh, you know, God, that Jerry yeah. got his uh, his, um, his mail, and he's like, "I'll kill both of you." Actually, he says, "I kill both of you." Um, in, in that case, and but Jerry and Elaine are like, "Don't worry, the wheels are in motion. I've got a lawyer. She's going to call and help you out. The wheels are in motion," and they keep doing this wheels in motion. And Elaine is mimicking Jerry. Yeah. Saying, and, I, and I think Babu even says, the wheels are in motion. Yeah, and Jerry's yeah. like, the wheels are the in wheels motion. The wheels are in motion. They say it over and over again, and they keep doing the, you know, <laughs> if you use your hands to make it look like a wheel is in motion. I really loved this bit where the, they're the looking. Wheels the wheels are in motion. The wheels are in motion. The wheels are in motion. Yeah, wheels in motion. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and every time they say it, they, they keep doing the thing. And, and Elaine is like mimicking Jerry yeah. doing it. Uh, before we get to the scene with George's car, I want to point out the buffer music uh, at this point has become a parody of itself. Really? Yeah. How like, so? Because, like, it's not the... Boom, ba, bam, bam, yeah. Bam. This, boom. Was, this was like... Boom, ba, bum, 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 bum. Oh, I didn't know It was very aggressive. Wow. This one was very aggressive. Maybe because at this point I wasn't watching on my TV. I was watching on my computer. My computer okay. speakers aren't, aren't very good. But, so, yeah, that, that's probably why I didn't notice it. But like, it, like, it's I, a dramatic I like, turn. I feel like it's supposed to blend into the background, and you're not supposed to, like... Yeah. Notice Be, there was transitional yeah, music. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it didn't do but, its job. But, like, I had to pause. I'm like, whoa, what the <laughs> hell? What was that? Yeah, yeah. You could use it to, like, demonstrate the Dolby speakers in a theater. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you need to um, calibrate your 5.1 surround, use this scene use from this, this scene. episode of Seinfeld. Oh, my uh, God. And it'll be great. Uh, so, yeah, in George's car, Cheryl is telling George that she's attracted to Jerry. Because he's dark and disturbed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and George is... George can't believe it. George can't believe this backfired on him. He's like, oh my gosh, you think Jerry's dark and disturbed? His mm-hmm. whole life revolves around Superman and cereal. Which is the first Superman reference that we've gotten in a long time. In a very time. long time, yeah. And, and I, at least half a season, probably, yeah, if not I, one whole I season so far. I haven't seen like, any Superman statue or yeah. prince or anything, right. or, or like an action figure. Have we have seen you? the Justice League poster above George's bed? We have. We have? He might be on yes. there, right? He's gotta be. Oh, he's gotta be. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I... I gotta say, up to this point, yeah. like the Superman references are a lot, like s- a lot more sparing than I thought they would be. Yeah, yeah, I think that sticks out to a lot of people. Once you realize there wasn't one in every episode, you're like, oh well, well, for for people to say that, there must have been a lot. No, there's there's no, there's it, not. There, yeah, few and far between. Yeah, yeah, unless they're so well hidden oh and so God. far in the background that there is one in every episode. And Jerry said that to throw us off the trail. It just turns out that it's behind the drywall. Exactly. There might be one back there. Or they open the fridge and Jerry's on, or I mean, Superman's on a bottle of mayonnaise in there or something. There's just a what culture list. Like, oh, well, if you actually open this drawer yeah. right here, there's a Superman action figure. He was there the whole he time. He was there the whole time. Yeah. We just couldn't see it, but so he was there. He was in the episode, technically, because the drawer was in the episode. And so George has to come clean about saying, I convinced him to not be funny. That's how disturbed I am. Yeah. That he came up with this whole scheme oh, so that Jerry God. wouldn't be so funny so that George would lose Cheryl. And it does sound 
dark and disturbed when he yeah. explains it the way he does. He's like, oh my god, I'm the sick one. You know, where you, you, you can't find sickness yeah. like this everywhere yeah, on like, the street. I'm disturbed. I'm depressed. <laughs> I'm inadequate. I got it all. I got it all. Yeah, that was hilarious. Uh, amazingly, it doesn't work and Cheryl gets out of the car. <laughs> I don't car. know how. Yeah, I know. Amazingly, George can't turn this around and, and save the relationship. Uh, in the apartment, Babu apparently is not back yet from the immigration uh, holding cell or wherever he was being kept, and his brother is yelling from outside, and we find out from his brother that Babu is back in Pakistan. Yeah. He's been sent back. Um, There's an odd little moment here where Elaine offers him a Snapple, and I feel like this pops up a lot, and I was like, that really was apropos of nothing, where he goes, too fruity. You know, yeah, well, I, di- I didn't get it. I, I didn't know why that needed to be in there. He, he declines a snapple because I, it's I too fruity. I don't know. Maybe I, it's just he says it in a funny way because again, this guy has a pretty thick accent yeah, that Ted's very glad I didn't try to mimic. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I did like the line here that Jerry's like, "I'm sure the lawyer did everything they could," and then his brother's like, "Well, then where's Babu?" Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, oh, well, he's got a good point. <laughs> so George shows up, and Jerry like pulls him inside, and he's like, "Cheryl didn't help at all. What's going? You know, what's going on?" And they're all blaming each other for for this whole mess. Now Kramer, meanwhile, comes in, and he went to Mickey Mantle's restaurant. You know, because he, he wanted Mickey Mantle to hit him back. Yeah, he wanted to apologize <laughs> or something because Mickey Mantle was his idol, mm-hmm. and so. What ends up happening, and this is another great sort of like Kramer begging scene where he's like, uh, you know, come on, Mickey, just just sock me or something. <laughs> he says something like that. And um, he's like, they were like, so what happened? He's like, well, four of them picked me up and threw me out of the building into a horse. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I guess maybe Mickey Mantles was like near uh, Central Park and there was a carriage out front or something. Maybe, you know? yeah. Or a police horse. I don't know. He just says <laughs> threw me into a horse. Uh, but in the, and now in this instance, Ping comes in and delivers Kramer's Chinese food, and Elaine is like, oh my gosh, well, Ping, I want to thank you directly now for dropping the case. And Ping, also doing a questionable accent, but he is Asian, maybe it was a character choice, we don't know, uh, says, oh, you know, the lawsuit's back on, because uh, Cheryl says, you and your friend are such big liars that she's even doubled the damages now. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So George blames Jerry for, you know, the relationship ending. Jerry still blames Elaine for the mail. Elaine blames Jerry for whatever, you know. And so, uh, and and he's like, oh, if you think she's a nice person, wait till you see her in court. They call her the Terminator. Because she never loses yeah, a case. Yeah, never loses a case. Oh, uh, my so God. So he says, hasta la vista, baby, which <laughs> was still funny in 1992. Yes. Because that was still a hot catchphrase in 1992. <laughs> um, then we cut to Pakistan. And they do like kind of a world map Indiana Jones yeah, style weird. dissolve. Where, like, really remember weird. When, when Indiana Jones was like taking a plane flight somewhere, they'd show it on the world map, like the little dots and stuff. That's what they kind of do with Pakistan. And so <laughs> Babu is in Pakistan, and he's telling a story to someone at a little cafe there and he vows revenge on Jerry and that's pretty much where the episode he, he says he's, proper ends yeah he says he's gonna save up every rupee yeah, yeah. to exact revenge er, to exact vengeance yeah and it, is the rupee the currency of excellent Pakistan? question I wouldn't think so I know in India it is yeah but is I, this just a case of like you know whitewashing a, a whole region and saying they all use the rupee yeah give me a break I'm gonna look that up because <laughs> I don't I, I mean, I'm not the person who would know, but right, I'm, I'm... Yeah, I, I, I've never, I've I never been to that area. I don't think it is. Yeah. I don't think it is. Let's just do it right now. I feel okay. like we can save yeah, ourselves some time. Yeah, we got some time. Pakistan money in Pakistan. Oh, they use the rupee. Oh, do they use the rupee? Yep. Okay, yep. never mind. But I'm, bet- I'm willing to bet it's a different than the Indian rupee. They have exchange rate right here. Ooh. 
the Pakistani rupee to the Indian rupee? What do you want to know? Uh, let's do U.S. dollar. Yeah. One U.S. dollar is 158 Pakistani rupees. Okay. Let me see if Indian is even an option here. Let me see what a Pakistani ruby, rupee is to... Oh, there's a Mar, Mauritian rupee. I don't know where you use that. In Mari, Mori. One Indian rupee equals 2.31 Pakistani rupees. Oh, okay. How about that? Yeah. So they are different. All right. Uh, in the final stand-up <laughs> bit, Jerry... Oh, how poorly did this bit age? Oh, my God. This yeah, this is... Uh... is like something directly from like the bowels of 4chan that you would yeah. say. Because it was funny in 92. It was like, ha, ah, yeah, yeah. That is kind of funny how... Because he's saying, okay... Why he was like I'm I'm for open immigration. I'm like oh what an interesting and progressive oh, okay. start to this bit. Go on. And then he says, but what about that plaque on the Statue of Liberty? Give us your tired, your poor, your huddled masses. E- Do we need to specify that we want you to send the wretched refuse? I mean, yikes! He might as well this, have said this. Sounded like someone giving a MAGA speech. I'm uh, not gonna lie. You're one million percent correct because he might as well have included. Do we do we have to take all the people, the immigrants from shithole countries? That's essentially oh. what he's saying in this. Why can't we get immigrants from the Netherlands or the nice white countries? Why yeah. do they have to send us? It aged so unbelievably poorly. Yikes! Watching it today is this like is, this is a big yikes. Yeah, because like in '92, while I'm not saying that we didn't have like I don't know, we've just we've given marginalized populations a bigger voice which is great they didn't yeah. have it in 92 i'm not saying that their feelings weren't hurt by it in 92 they might have been so i'm not going to say it was okay in 92 because i don't really even like i don't even like talking about stuff in context like that because yeah. oh in context you could do that in 92 well yeah but you know what people were hurt by it and they just people to have still a louder... didn't like it in 92 yeah they just couldn't speak up about it exactly so I, I i don't even like that when people give a pass to stuff from the like oh you could do that voice and you know they didn't care yeah. like yes they did but now they're able to say something and people don't beat them down for it, you know. But yeah. so he's, you know, he 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 says like, you know, do we have to specify? Give us your, you might as well say, give us your sad, your slow, your ugly, uh, and then he gets into kind of like a funny part of it where you know he talks about send us your bad drivers, send us people with bad credit, no credit. Uh, you know, he gets into like funny. It would have been funny if he wouldn't have brought in actual physical appearance or mental issues. Even the fact yeah. that he said slow, I was like. Damn it, Jerry. <laughs> Damn it in here. You know, like, you're, if he compared your tired, your poor, your huddled masses to, you know, people who don't stay in their lane, people who don't signal when they want to turn, people who can't park, people who, you know, people who pick their nose, whatever he says, mm-hmm. like, that part of it was kind of funny and wasn't MAGA-ish. But then he, <laughs> like, the fact that he went the way with he did, and then the fact that it got such a raucous applause, and then the shit-eating smug grin that Jerry has on his face as the bit ends, he's like, I know, this was the funniest thing I've ever said. I put my fist through my computer monitor. I was like, that that's the most punchable face Jerry's ever made. And as a fan, in a, he's got a history of punchable faces that he makes. Yeah. Did yeah, you I he mean does. he made such a smug little <laughs> Am I right? Like, yeah, he does. But you're right. I mean, it, it oh sounded like straight out of the intro to a a, a far right rally. Like, do they have to send us the bad immigrants? Like, jeez. Oh, oh my Lord. gosh. Yeah. And and maybe it aged poorly in this context, maybe in 92, our immigration crisis wasn't as bad as, as it is right now. And it was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of funny. You know, I, I, I'm i saying maybe it got, it was fine in 92. Maybe it did age poorly. Like, literally, things got so much worse that if we mm-hmm. hadn't been thinking that way in 92. Yeah. 
it was okay to think that way in 92 because there was a, a nice baseline. And now it aged poorly, you know? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty rough. But that's that's the end of the... What a, what a way to end an episode. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, yeah, that's that's dark and depressed Jerry right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, on that note, did we have any homework for this episode? I think we covered everything. I think we did. I think I, we did. Yeah, I mean, the only thing was uh, the, the rupees between Pakistan and India yeah, a- yeah. aren't the same. No, no. I didn't know that. And um, I put a star by this episode, as I've been doing with the ones that give me... Huge laugh. Yeah, this I like gave this us, a lot. Yeah, like the like I said, it gave us two Seinfeld poll quotes. Kramer's life is a fantasy camp, and Jerry's birthday soliloquy is often in the kind of best of reels of funny Jerry Seinfeld stuff. And so yeah. the the uh, the one part of it that sticks out that we didn't mention is uh, where he says irrecoverably, ir, you know, he he mentions two words irreplaceably, irrecoverably, or something like that, you know, talking about yeah. how you can't get years back. It, um, that's always in, like, the best of Jerry Seinfeld uh, montages. So it, I put a star by this one because I got a lot of big laughs out of it. And so <laughs> we'll see if it holds up at the end of season four. Yeah. But did you like this episode overall? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I yeah. really did. Um, did you want to come up with a better description, you think? Let's hear it. Uh, we had a deportee, Brian George, blames, hel- blames helpful Jerry. Kramer returns from baseball fantasy camp. Blames helpful Jerry, that's yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, oh what, okay. Read it again. I must have missed an adjective somewhere. A deportee. Oh, there par- we go. Okay, a deportee, Brian George, blames helpful Jerry. Kramer returns from baseball fantasy camp. Got it. I think uh, it works. It, it does. I wish we could include something about George and the lawyer. Yeah. I mean, maybe I, we could even, like, Kramer. Uh, this would explain. I was just about to explain the whole plot by saying, like, Kramer. Punches Mickey Mantle. <laughs> Kramer punches Mickey Mantle and Ping fucks <laughs> <laughs> on the next episode of Seinfeld. Kramer goes to a fantasy camp, which causes Elaine to get Jerry's mail. Now, I get, see, again, I'm just explaining yeah. the whole episode. Yeah. So. I, I like this. Yeah, I, like yeah. the, I like the way it is. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. I wish I could include something about George. Okay, a, deep, a deportee, a deportee blames helpful Jerry. Kramer goes to a fantasy camp. George tells Jerry to not be so funny, or something like that. I want to include something. I, yeah, yeah, or, or I think George. That works. George asks Jerry to help him impress a new girlfriend. Ooh, how about there that? There we go. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. We go. Yeah, I like. It. I would love to add something oh, in man. that because it all is intertwined in this episode. I True. like how everything from the mail to Cheryl to Ping to you know to to the fantasy camp was yeah. all intertwined. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, uh, next week, we got season four, episode 15, The Shoes. Original air date, February 4th, 93. And if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you're going to see Jerry and George scramble to keep their feeble idea for a TV series alive when they meet with a skeptical executive who catches them eyeing his teenage daughter's cleavage. <laughs> yeah. Get ready for a... Oh, it, good it, Lord. We, you know, we're talking about a lot about the immigration crisis right now. Get ready for an episode that is problematic in the Me Too and Time's Up era, in the era of R. Kelly yeah. and Bill Cosby and Jeffrey Epstein, etc. Etc., 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 Harvey Weinstein, um, etc. Uh, Kevin Spacey. So, Kevin Spacey, etc. That's going to be interesting. But we have a huge guest star who was not a star at the time, so maybe that's why Ooh, okay. the name is not mentioned, because she's not like, say, a Brian Doyle Murray who okay, was yeah. a star when he was on Seinfeld. So uh, that'll be very interesting to see if uh, we can pick her out. And uh, there's a clue for you right there. It's a she. All right, for No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good. Be good.